Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What's good, Internet? It is February 10th, 2017, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, coming to you live from Lobby One in Vice HQ in downtown Brooklyn. Not downtown Brooklyn at all. Williamsburg is not actually downtown <laughs> Williamsburg Brooklyn. Williamsburg is, is pretty far from downtown yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, downtown actually. Brooklyn has like, like three miles away. Have you ever, you've been to downtown Brooklyn for oh, yeah. stuff all the time, oh, yeah. right? It's like the Many NYU times. Game Center is, is there. It's Shout a good place. Game Center. It's a good place. They good have, people. They have a lot of stuff. There's, build, there's tall buildings downtown Brooklyn. There's some good restaurants. Yeah. People don't go. People don't people go. People don't go often enough. There's a Target there that uh, you know, it's very popular. People popular are building target. chairs behind us here in lobby. Yep. One, so <laughs> there's always noise. something. They're building chairs for the lobby, though. So for our studio space. So I'm not going to complain about any of that. Yeah, we're going to get some co-chairs. They look good. They look. They're like leather and they're brown. They got brown leather. <laughs> they're really nice chairs. Get that chair right. That chair looks like it's done to me. That chair Just tell looks them like to bring the chair in here. If they come back, I'm going to do that. I'll do that live for you. Patrick Klepek <laughs> joining us <laughs> from Illinois. I already got a nice chair. I'm good. Tell me about your chair game. What's your chair uh, game like? It was one, it was uh, my chair was one of the you know the things as you get older that you, you don't want to spend money on things. I'm a notorious cheapskate. I refuse to spend money. But when you start looking at the hours that you spend in a chair, at some point you should spend money on a chair. Yeah, spend money on a chair. So That's I don't true. know what I spent because it probably gave me a heart attack when I bought it. But I spent real <laughs> money on a chair at some point. Does it have, like, lumbar support? Oh. Probably. I don't know. I, I read a website that said, buy this chair, and I bought it. Is he, go, is he going to get that chair? He's do, He's getting the chair right now for you, for us. I can't have nice chairs because my cats eat them. They just scratch them up and yeah, bite that's, them. Yeah, that's and, a problem. This is a nice chair, everybody. Look at that chair. This is a good chair. Uh, Office Ops did a beautiful job. Thank you. Thank you, Omar. Thank you, Omar. Omar is here. Omar is great. Ops. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Live on the yeah. Your appreciation is appreciated. Oh, I'm so That's glad. I'm so glad. Things. Everything's going so well. I'm doing great. I'm I'm doing beautiful. This is a nice chair. Great. You feeling good about it? I'm feeling pretty good. The one thing I'm less feeling good about is somehow while standing up, I lost audio in my right ear. <laughs> so I'm just gonna do this so I can hear Danielle better. It's anyway. fine. It's good. I'm doing a half too, so it's fine. We're doing good. Doing great. Video it's, a, games. it's the half tuck. Of headphones. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. It's just the most stylish way to go from you know, now on. It's the Nathan on. Drake of headphones. That was a good way to turn it back you to like video that? games. I appreciate it. I'm right back. We're doing I, it live. I appreciate you, Danielle. <laughs> Thank you. I hear, though, that maybe you don't appreciate Neo Not as very much. much. As oh, <laughs> No, it's not, it's not that I don't appreciate it. <laughs> what was Sorry, that? I'm hitting your computer. I was, just trying, I was trying to make a joke. It didn't really go anywhere. I was got halfway oh, through he, it, and I realized I, didn't, Neo. I had no way to stick the landing. Yeah, right. This happens. I Who didn't knows? stick many landings when I played Neo. Let me be honest with you. So, yeah, well, let's back up. So you, you had inquired uh, when I had first started playing, like, whether this is a game that you could kind of get into because you didn't play the, the Dark Souls 
Souls or Demon Souls games, but you played Bloodborne and beat Bloodborne, which is a, yeah. an accomplishment. That is not a. Yeah. The, I, I think so Bloodborne is, is a little bit uh, easier than those I went games. I the easy but ending. Well, don't worry. Whatever. Well, it's like I didn't. That's one boss, basically, right? Yeah. It's two. Mm. But I mean, like, I did, did all the else. umbilical stuff. Like, I, I did you all the stuff. Gotten, I could have fought. gotten to the third. Did you go through Kanehurst Castle? Yes. It was my yeah, favorite yeah. My favorite area of the game. Yeah. You yeah. beat you Don't I beat ever, don't sell yourself short. And I played yeah. 60 hours of Dark Souls 3. I played a good a good chunk, you know. So I, I had a little, I have a bit of Souls experience, whatever Blood Souls, Blood, what, Souls, Souls. Born, I still however say people Souls. say We'll it. find a new word for it. In fact, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick will tell us bit. all about that. But I, you know, I started it up and I knew this game would give me 10 heart attacks if I if I played it for too long cuz I get I get impatient, I get mad. I definitely like there are things in my life where I have uh patience and appreciation for learning a craft, learning an art, learning something, but I just get very mad at games. I think I just I don't know what it is. It's yeah. just I start getting mad and I start spiraling into what else could I do with my life right now? I'm such a loser. So instead of that like, in other words like you think <laughs> what if instead of dying at this boss I was learning French? Exactly. That's precisely what it's like for me. Okay. Yeah. Or what if instead of dying at this boss because I'm not very good with this katana, what if I just learned how to use a real katana? Exactly. Cuz like like have I have a that? lot of patience for like martial arts. Do you training. have any weapons training? A little bit. What I, I know I use a bow and a nunchaku. Oh, so but there's no nunchaku in Neo, as far as I know. I know. No, See, that's clearly there, why. Yeah, I don't you like can it dual wield swords, but that's like the closest you could probably get to. And there's like the Kasari Gama with the sickle and chain, which we talked about last week or yeah. on Monday. So it's pretty cool. Like I appreciate these this type of game. I appreciate like it feels very much like actual martial arts training, which is like your your master, your black belt, your whatever, your sifu, whatever yep. art you do is going to just kick your ass and kick your ass and kick your ass and just kick the shit out of you until you learn and right. until you just learn, until you just get it. And so, like, I super appreciate that sort of paradigm, that sort of way of learning. But not Danielle necessarily... just generated a weird snack I don't sound. know what happened. That was a switch. <laughs> like, she, yeah. I literally, like, I don't but, know what happened. But everyone in the room, there are four people in this room, we all went, like... Everyone's like, what just happened? What just happened? And I think it was Danielle's key... Was so it's powerful. Just, I got so excited about martial arts, and it just just popped. Anyway, uh, I'm getting the sense that this is a very well designed game. I'm getting the sense that there's a lot of depth to the combat, but I still died to the first guard in that very first room like six times before I figured out. Oh, there's like a sword in the other room. There are Funny. actually things I can do well, in the just other room. Trying to like bear like open hand. I was trying to beat him up without a weapon with my face. Yeah, pretty much my face and my fist. The oh, the opening to that game is is. Odd. It, it you don't get the tutorial till yeah. after oh, you beat the first I'm in level. The first level. <laughs> and so, if you were to play Neo without having played a Souls game before, the game assumes you know a whole lot about what to do. Like it explains basics about the combat in a tutorial that happens after you're required to yeah. do <laughs> all of those things in a level in order to get to the tutorial. Like it's there are there are a lot of things about this game that are very poorly designed and implemented and explained but it does do a lot of uh interesting things that i that i think differentiates itself you know like this idea we had talked about before of you know does neo do enough to be sort of its own thing and that's kind of what i was trying to explore in the piece that you guys mentioned earlier which was you know if you did a google search for neo over the last year and a half like most of them involve the word uh dark souls clone um, and so I tried to explore this idea of, as we talked about earlier in the week, um, and last week we were like, like, what does that mean? Like, what is the differentiator? And, and, 
so uh, yeah, I wrote this piece that was basically arguing that you know we used the term clone because we don't have a name for the genre quite yet, but that I argue that Dark Souls actually created within the action right. genre yeah. its own genre, which has its own standards and practices and expectations, and that calling it a clone immediately frames the game in a negative light. Like I think games can be you know not derivative enough, or uh, you know, and and too derivative. Like there are, there are variations on that scale, but I you know I, th- I think that we've actually found that Neo is actually riffing on something very specific and we just don't have sort of a, a name for it yet and i think it does it pretty well i think like i said it explains itself poorly but i think it is a very good game but it's also probably it is both a good game for folks that have not played a game like this before because you actually have a lot of different ways to approach how to play it you know you can there are a lot of different mm-hmm. weapons you can use you have these different stances there's magic that you get access to a little bit into the game and at the same time it does such a poor job of explaining itself that it's probably the most frustrating game to try and jump into if you haven't had much experience with one of them before I mean, that's just growing pains in general for a genre like this right like I think about the the same thing is would have been true for JRPGs for first person shooters after you know in that period, there's like a bunch of periods of the first person shooter if you like work through them. But there are definitely times where like after the original like Deus Ex uh, or like after after System Shock, if you had just jumped right into one of those games without having ever ever one of the uh, what's the, immersive Sims yeah. without having ever like learned that stuff, it, you could totally be like, but wait, I all of the other games I play just run around shoot stuff. That's all I do in those other games. One of the things that made the first ASX game like so good is that, that that opening level was such a good tutorial for that. But at the same time, if you go back now and, and when I play that first level of DSX, I'm like, okay, like I I can see the seams because I'm so used to that style of game. So I can see why maybe they would decide in in Neo to front load just a regular ass level for people who are like, oh, I'm a Dark Souls fan. But he's like, the last thing I want to do is start right. the game and immediately be in a, in a tutorial that's making it seem as if the game thinks I don't already know what a light versus a heavy attack is or, yeah. or what stamina is. Like, yeah, right. I fucking get it. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult dilemma for sure. One thing I really do appreciate about the game, I have to say, is I like its world and I like its story maybe more than what I played of Dark Souls 3. Like, yeah. I, I like the sort of weird, dark, medieval fantasy stuff that's going on in the Dark Souls games, but I kind of like this more. Yeah. I like the weird blending of sort of, what is it, like 1580s England and, you know, sort of like Sam- some Sam- samurai stuff and some Chinese lore and, and all sorts of stuff is going on in it. Like, I think that's cool. I actually like that the story is a little bit more explicit as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who talk and the things they say make a little more sense. No, yeah, it is definitely, it's, it's yeah. a much more traditional like sto- form of storytelling, which is, uh, you know, which is one thing it does that Dark Souls right. never has done and probably never will in the games that From Software produces. Like they just have a different brand of storytelling and, and Neo is very much wanting to tell like sort of a more traditional story. Right. Like you're not okay, reading well, descriptions in Neo, which is yes, fine. Which is fine with me. Too. Which is fine it's with me. Fine it's a different with me approach. Too, but I have to like gird myself and say that, that that's fine with me. It is. It's totally fine and good. And I, the same thing, this since the same thing is true with the fact that I think that from what I understand, Neo has much more accessible multiplayer. Like it's way easier for mm. me to just make, Hey Patrick, let's play some Neo. Hey Danielle, let's play some Neo together. Sort of. They, I guess the beta had oh. really accessible multiplayer. And then the developers said, oh. Hey, this no. made the game too easy. See, and then they, like, really clamped. Like, for example, <laughs> like, you can't just uh, co-op the I game okay. with someone from start to finish. The only way to do co-op is for someone that has already beaten an area to come back okay. and help someone in that area. You know, whereas in the, the, the Souls games, you can, from the very beginning, you could jump in with someone and essentially 
co-op your way through in a, a private room, especially with uh, Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 with the tweaks they made. In Neo, they, they don't want to disallow you from having that co- sort of collaborative co-op uh, experience, but it is it is fundamentally different. Like, they seem to be emphasizing right. the solo, isolated nature. And then if you, want to, if you want to do that co-op stuff, you can, but they're kind of pushing against it a little bit, I think. There's a fundamental difference between two people opening a door for the first time together, one person opening a door for the first time, and then one person opening the door for someone who hasn't seen what's behind it. Yeah. Like, the, the idea of, like, we're both right. going forward into the void holding hands is, like, a different sort of experience. And I, I, I can't judge. What I was going to say was, that I find myself not balking, but like tensing up at the notion of making the Dark Souls stuff of of sanding the 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 rough edges off of Dark Souls and making it more accessible, and not asking you to read item descriptions, not because it's wrong, like not because I think it's bad game design, but because I, those things appeal to me about that series, and I can feel the I, there's a risk five years, six years down the line. Of me being that asshole who was like, I miss the good old days when you had to read the item descriptions. <laughs> and when NPCs, instead of just telling you what they meant, they would just go like, oh, you are the chosen one, yeah. aren't you? I should, I should clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how every Dark Souls NPC sounds. That's and like, true. I don't want to be – I want to be the, the person who like enjoys that and also allows there to be this other world where games are just like – Straight, more straightforward and approachable. See, because I, yeah, because like when I was thinking through, like, what does it mean to be like a? Let's just use the term souls like, because I, I feel like that's like the most. That's we don't have someone, the vernacular. Someone in the, the, yeah, uh, someone in the chat said you could go the the mon hun, the monster hunter route, and call them like daso daso D- games, daso daso games. <laughs> What does that mean? Like Dark Souls, like Mon Hun. Oh, 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 gross. No. So, Stop I like that. Souls like is good. It's like roguelike. Yeah, that's why I thought that's why that Souls like was probably yeah. like so like you're what you're talking about with the item descriptions and the way the NPCs act, I feel that's part of what makes Dark Souls like so mm. we okay, if we step back, this is gonna look kind of It's not part of the Berlin we, definition of yeah, Souls like. If we think it, yeah, if this. we think of it as a genre, right? Like yep. the, the the way the NPCs act um, the item descriptions that is specific to Dark Souls, not the genre. Like if you if you go and follow, like yeah, whereas like it. Neo saying like we're going to do the storytelling different, we're not going to do the item descriptions. Like that, it still is in the soul, the Souls like. But I feel like the if if Neo was to do item descriptions, it would that would start to feel grossly ripping on right. what Dark. You know what I mean? I like do. like. There's, so I, th- I feel like there's something separate there where, like, if, if, a, if something like Neo was taking that, that's a step too far. But, like, the right. other sort of less defined, but, like, somewhere it's – I guess it's in the combat, like, as we're figuring out what, what those that rule set is. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I feel like I'm okay with that partially because if they did it, I feel like that would feel like an imitation too far. Are you familiar with the Berlin definition of roguelikes? Yes. No. You are. It's Good. like pages long, it's isn't pages it? pages long. <laughs> Can you explain for, for, yes. for me? So we'll, pretend for I'm, we'll pretend I'm being a devil's advocate, but I actually don't know. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're not supposed to say that when you're – No, that's – give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. The thing that – here, the Berlin definition is a definition that was arrived at in 2008 at the Roguelike Development Conference in Berlin. Um, <laughs> which is the, yeah. This is like so entirely my shit at an aesthetics level. The notion Wait, that you're not lying. 
No. He's this really is not. super for real. This is for real. I still don't know if you're lying. But I'm 100%. I'm gonna give you the be- so I'm going to get to a okay. part. I'm going to yep. get to something that I think is actually useful and productive for us in, in determining Good. what the souls like is. Um, okay. So so I'm I'm reading here from Rogue's Basin, roguebasin.com, which is a really great like wiki site for roguelikes. Uh, I went through like a real serious roguelike phase around this era. So um, roguelike refers to a genre, not merely like rogue. Uh, the genre is represented by its canon. The canon for roguelikes is Adam. Angband, Crawl, NetHack, and Rogue. Those are what the core canonical roguelikes are. And then from those, they found factors, high value and low value factors that determine what is and is not a roguelike. I don't necessarily agree with this definition, but I Mm -hmm. like the methodology here. So for instance, high value factors. So I'll keep reading. The list can be used to determine how roguelike a game is. Missing some points does not mean the game is not a roguelike. Likewise, possessing some points does not mean the game is a roguelike. The purpose of the definition is for the roguelike community to better understand what the community is studying. It is not to place constraints on developers or games, which is all like, yes, good. So high value factors, random environment generation, permadeath, turn-based, grid-based, non-modal, uh, non-modal means that everything happens in the same mode. There isn't like um, – so like movement and attacking should all be always available like at all times. Like there isn't – shops should exist inside of that space. Like Spelunky is non-modal. Buying a gun from a, from a shop – from a, from a shopkeeper is not done on a list. It's done in the game in, world. Yes. With the right. same okay. verbs yep. that you would – to pick up anything else. Sure, um, yeah. Complexity, it's complex. Resource management – Hack and slash, which is to say the killing things is how you yeah. move forward. Exploration and discovery. And then low-value low factors are single-player character. Monsters are similar to, to players in that the world affects them similarly. Um, uh-huh. Tactical challenge, an ASCII display, dungeons, and numbers. Numbers. <laughs> um, and it's just like – Numbers. I, it, the thing that I like about that is like, okay – it's not like, oh, does this fit this exact checklist? It's let's throw a bunch of stuff on the wall. Here's what makes a game like Dark Souls. Does this other game, how does this game draw from it? Does it fit into, does it hit enough of those checkboxes to add up to that thing? I'm not. Yeah, because right, right now, right now it's just sort of like a gut feeling. And what, like you're, like when you, you look at something like Neo and you're like, okay, well, it's got a shrine checkpoint system that's like yes. the bonfires. But like, is that. Is is that one of these pillars we're talking about, like you just laid out, or is that just a byproduct of something deeper that we haven't quite identified that makes a Souls game right. a, a Souls game? Totally, right. And so that's one of those things that, like, a year from now we might play a different game that does do a lot with item descriptions and with weird, like, surreal NPCs, or that has, like, unlike Neo, that has the Dark Souls 1-style interconnected world, but maybe doesn't have you lose your health, where you lose your XP when you die twice in a row. And, right. and we would then be saying, okay, well, we can see the Dark Souls influence here. Does this count? And it's a stupid thing to kind of, like, get caught up there on the what is in and what is out there isn't something there isn't a, a ton valuable in that outside of just it's a fun exercise for your mind to it also clarifies how sort of how you feel about certain things and it totally. clarifies how you think of certain things and how you put things into frameworks like it's, find, it's useful to do that sometimes when I you're think. teaching game design Daniel, yes. do you find that you that you do use definitions like this for yes. new developers uh we definitely do like a full breakdown of like mechanics dynamics aesthetics and sort of everything that fall that flows from those definitions and then we also do we do a lot of this we do a lot of this sort of pedantic stuff that doesn't sound like much fun but it's actually useful to sort of get your brain thinking in those terms and get your brain actually sort of used to working in those frameworks yeah if that makes sense do you find (laughs) students 
push back against that stuff at a certain point if they are more knowledgeable about games to begin with? Or are they just like... Not really. Uh, I'll, I'll say a controversial thing. I think a lot of people who play games like to think in these terms mm-hmm. often. Not everybody, certainly. I'm not really super oriented towards this way of thinking i don't i like things that are fuzzy i like things that blend a lot of stuff i like mm-hmm. i like spectrums as opposed to grids personally and just generally right, in my life right. uh, but but typically they don't push back much they're like okay cool i'm gonna digest this then i'm gonna make whatever i'm gonna make right and if it falls this, into this it falls in, then right. it's cool. cool yeah yeah what do you think the the brooklyn definition of a soul's like this <laughs> well so that yeah i mean that's, that's i mean because that's why I'm gonna that's what i'm curious going. about let's do we it we should have um, a chalkboard i wish i had a chalkboard just, just writing it out board. you know good well we could just just let's write on the glass on the glass itself you know make it our room nobody will want to come in here they're like nerd writing is everywhere no <laughs> so so like you can like you can speak generally and then we would have to break it down into what that means right so like yeah. you die a lot like yeah. is is that is constant i guess constant fear of death or i yeah. feel like right. is because I don't want to say dying a lot, because that's not necessarily. Right, yeah, there's always a, lot. a real you die a lot in twenty or in like in like the Cat Mario and a lot of other games like yeah. that. Yeah, but this is a sort of like a like a like a constant fear of death, like that sort of permeates the entire yeah. experience. Right, yes. that's why you're cautious when you're walking around. That's why you have to be careful to not spam your attacks. Mm-hmm. Like generally speaking, like Souls like games have like a a, a permeated sense of death of death uh, like around the corner. Yeah. Like, in I have all, to say, Rick, Rick at Vice in chat said, third person view, vague lore, and suffering. Those are also the really... tenets of my religion. Yes, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Life is third person, vague, and suffering. Yep. I wonder... Brooklyn Buddhism. <laughs> is third... Is third per, I guess third, right I now, know. third person... I, don't, I would mm. say right now it is, but I would say that it's, that's not... Like, that could be amended out. Yeah, because like, I think that's a low factor. A low factor... Uh, I think it's co- I think it's coincidental, but right. not uh, necessarily foundational. Because, like, think about think about Titan Souls, Titan Souls. Think about Hyper Light Drifter, Zombie U, Zombie U. Um, yes, which is first person. Yeah, there's some, there are definitely some top down, like which you is know, still two D as opposed right. to three D. I'm really holding out for the second person Dark Souls game, where it's like you did this. It's all in second. It's me looking at you playing the me game. Me doing the thing. Yeah. That's actually... That's anytime, watching it on Twitch. I was, got there first. God damn it. Danielle got there. Switch. I saw it in your eyes. So good. All right. So, so I like vague lore. I think that that might also be a low factor for me. But maybe that's unfair. Like, am I just am I just raising up the high factor like gameplay like stuff because it. it's gameplay? Yeah. No, but like, oh, oh, I see. In I my see. heart of hearts, vague yeah. lore would be at the top because yes. like that's so much of it <laughs> I for figured. me. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's like a huge, especially for like Dark Souls Two specifically. Okay. Like, part of what you're attracted to that game is part is the lore. It is, but maybe so. Maybe the thing here actually is like the importance of reading, like the importance of. Uh, uh, evaluating items inside of the world mm. or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Because I think something like, um, uh, or or maybe more even more broadly, narratively, is like um, an, a. I want to use like the word hypertext here, but that's not really right. I kind of like the narrative is spread through items and places, yeah. environmental and item driven storytelling. Um, could be something that's a low factor I, here. Yeah, I think and so. like you could make the. Uh, well, and you could also make the argument that Neo flip purposely flips that on its head. Whereas, mm. so whereas with the, the Dark Souls games, every item is important for its narrative function, if not necessarily lined up with its actual literal function for how you're going to use it in the game. Um, 
in Neo, like nothing is sacred. All right. items are right. looped. You are just constantly grinding through things. Like in, in some ways it's saying like, oh, you're so precious about everything you have in Dark Souls <laughs> yeah. because of X, Y, and Z. And Neo says, fuck that. Like you're just going to get a ton of stuff right. and you're, you're going to get rid of it. Like you're going to sell it. You're going to scrap it. Like and so in some ways it's uh, – you could see it like looking at what Dark Souls does with items and saying we're going in the complete opposite direction, which is that you are not precious about anything in uh, Neo, which is like allows the sacredness of items in Souls to exist as a possibly a low factor in what defines right. a Souls like, but also allows Neo to comment on it by doing something compl- like maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's yeah. like how I I feel like that's a way of interpreting. Uh, how it takes one part of it and, and and does its own thing. Uh here's one. This is a good one from Racketeer in the chat. Rac- sorry, Racketeer in the chat. Resource limitation. Estus stamina bar equip yes. load poor. That is that is one hundred percent core. Yes, resource resource management resource limitation. Yeah, that that yeah. is like foundational yes. probably. In which you can like you can you can you can put the pain points in different places, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, like stamina is quote you know deployed differently in neo souls bloodborne but the idea of like resource management is is key to that depending on how it's actually implemented totally. so i think that is like let's try the close like closest closest we've gotten to on a gameplay level yeah of like at the like the the identifiable core of of what is actually happening in the like the design you can zero in on that even further to be like you know one of your resources is even just the ability to swing your sword right yeah. to not be mid frame mid attack animation everything about those games could you could make that argument comes down to the management of resources um, yeah which is which is good another good one from the chat this is a good this, this is, is a, a great good chat conversation today. Yeah. great chat right yeah. now yeah um, uh, bon sequitur bon sequitur says uh, <laughs> I thought so you were like a bonfire joke. Well, I wasn't. But here's, I'll tell you why I got confused here. Uh, I think the essence of Soul Games is just gradually pushing from one the safe Estes. place to another through danger. And that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Moving from something, that's something that is not in roguelikes really at all or not as a canonical thing, but is in Souls and Souls-inspired games is moving from one, whatever that safe place is, whether it's a bonfire or a your sword in the ground or, or a shrine or something. Yeah. Successfully moving past that, through that space and then getting to another one. I think that yeah. that's... That that's uh, and that, that speaks to like another... Game design teacher kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is player experience goals, mm. which is like, how do you want your player to feel while they're playing the game? You know, what like combination of emotions do you ideally want every player to feel? And it feels like that's getting towards it, like like feelings of safety versus feelings of anxiety right. and fear of death, like you were talking about, Patrick, and kind of all this stuff that you're feeling as you're sort of in the midst, like in the moment yeah. to moment. Uh, also, Bon Sequitur is Bruno Diaz, who has written, who wrote for me Bruno. last uh, last year at Giant Bomb about Dark Souls. And has, and has stuff coming for us Has soon, stuff coming for us soon fact. here at Waypoint. Shout out to Bruno Diaz. Yeah. Um, good one. Uh, I would say, uh, sort of maybe like commitment. Yeah. Um, yes. Because I feel like uh, I'm, I'm like fumbling my way through this, but like I don't, I don't know if necessarily animation priority, maybe that's core. I mean, it is part a core tenant of a lot of the souls like games in which like when you attack right. you can't unlike an action game like 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 say a devil may cry you can't immediately switch to something else like when you commit to something you commit yeah. to it and i very but i feel like deliberate that's deliberate action very like yeah so i feel like commitment or deliberate action is like more core to a lot of what you end up doing like stat upgrades and rolls oh. and attacking 
Like there's a sense of like when you do when you do something, you go for it in a like you. It's a risk reward sort of thing in in the soul in a Souls like game that is more so in other <laughs> games that give you options. Rick in the chat uh, says this all seems to fall under the suffering umbrella. <laughs> This, uh, by the way, The Suffering Umbrella is my new novel. That's it's right. coming it's, out in the fall. I can't wait. Uh, part yeah. one of three. Part one of three of The Suffering Trilogy. <laughs> it's uh, The Suffering Umbrella. What's on the book cover? Uh, this the is first really important. one is just the back of a man holding an umbrella behind him. <laughs> the second one is uh, The Suffering. It's raining blood, right, too. It's raining blood. Just so you know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, yeah. The second one is the Suffering Pagoda, and it's it's a couple <laughs> dancing in the. It's the guy with the umbrella and, with a woman, and they're dancing inside of a pagoda. And the third one is the Suffering Ring, and it's just it's her hand with a ring on it, and the ring is made of blood. It's also, made of blood. and if you read the description, you actually learn that actually you get all of her backstory if you read the item. Oh, description of, of the course, ring. of course you do. That's what the fourth novel, it's the actual, supplementary the, novel, right. is just what's written well, the, on the ring. Right. Tiny, tiny. The script. first three novels all have a bunch of footnotes, but they don't go to anything. Right. And there's like all these indexed words, and you just do. If you go to the, you get the fourth novel, you can go there. It's just a dictionary. There it is. Of all of the terms, it's an encyclopedia. I really want to read this book. <laughs> I really need to. Can you please write this? God that would damn. be great. If only. I'd be down. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> souls. The Brooklyn. The Brooklyn souls like definition. Theory. The Brooklyn theory of souls like <laughs> souls likes. I like. I actually think we really there's do have a good working definition. Go what I have right now. Yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, yeah, like I, I could probably. I could probably talk about this for another. It's hour. embarrassing <laughs> how much I would like to keep talking about this. This is probably the closest that uh, that Austin and I have got to like. Uh, we've threatened to just like let's just like start a like podcast and talk about souls for as long as we want. We thought about it. <laughs> the on closest we've gotten to this. It's a cool podcast. It's a really good podcast. They're really good. Yeah. I. I'm gonna say I. We should. We should try and revisit this. Yes. Like we, this should be like people should write in, send in like sending questions or, or rather comments if like of of like how you feel about like the the sort of intrinsic nature of a Souls like game, and we should try and help the world over the course come of the up. next year. Yeah. Yeah, like trying, like, like we should literally do this. Like, this is something we could write about and we could revisit. Yeah. And we could like write multiple articles explaining like here's what we think are these games what defines these games and like maybe as a collective like we can contribute to trying to come up with like a better definition of what these games and are and again to to go back to what we were saying before like like the berlin definition we aren't trying to say that games that don't fit this shouldn't be valuable or right. that the, it's i'm going to just read again the purpose of our definition for for us the souls like community uh, <laughs> is to better understand what the community is studying it is not to place right. constraints on developers or games yes shout outs to the berlin interpretation i should note that there's a really good uh, counter argument to the berlin definition of roguelikes called screw the berlin interpretation <laughs> um, which which is just it's Good. it's it opens with in the year 2008 several men and women came together in berlin to create the last best definition of a roguelike it failed and like yep good good i mean come out yeah because like when you say you came up with the definition you by 
definitions sound like a bunch of assholes. Yeah, yeah. So. We know. Don't you don't have to write when you write into questions at, at or sorry when you write into we, gaming, we accept this. We know gamingadvice.com. Use the uh, use the subject Brooklyn definition question or something. <laughs> Brooklyn definition should be fine. There you go. The, the Brooklyn assholes. The Brooklyn assholes. That's us. <laughs> Oh Good. boy! So besides Neo, besides yeah. our 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 complete descent into Souls madness, <laughs> I, I beat Punch Club. Oh. You beat Punch Club. It was so good. I love it. How it did, has some bugs though. How was Punch There's Club? There's some damn bugs in that game. Oh, were there? But I pushed through. I powered through. What, what's an example of a bug in Punch Club? There a punch is. Bug. There are some early enemies who regenerate health at a weird and crazy degree. I don't think this is like a bug everybody encounters. That's but a tough one. It was a really bad fighting. one. It was a really bad one. There's a little too much RNG, I think, in some of the fights. And there's some weird difficulty spikes at different points of the game. Like, there were times where I spent, like, hours and hours and hours at, like, some early level fights. And then later on in parts that were supposed to be more difficult, I just breezed through. right through. Do you no think that was just, like, your build was really good? Also, um, can you explain for yeah, people listening, course. like, what fighting is like? We've talked about yeah. – we've kind of talked about the metagame of Punch Club before a lot of, like, oh, I'm selling pizza. Oh, I'm training. I'm going to a fight. Yeah. But what's, like, the moment-to-moment, like, I'm in the ring. The combat itself. the cuffs. In combat pugilism. itself, pugilism, you do this. Yeah, the you do king's a lot of this. Sport. That's you not the, what it's you do the king's sport, the Marquis of Queensberry. The Marquis, right, the Queensberry sport. The Queens, yeah. Queensberry's uh, of sport. Uh, what you do is you actually, you so you have a build and you can focus on strength, uh, stamina, or agility. I did agility and there's it, it's bear, tiger, and turtle. Like it's all kind uh-huh. of a martial arts, you know, uh, sort of thing. And I focused on agility, which is the tiger path. Uh, and basically you pick uh, – there's a general skill tree sort of at the beginning of the game where you pick attributes like I'm going to train this much more efficiently when I do right. particular moves or I am going to get this much agility back from doing X, Y, or Z. Uh, and then you basically – when you go into fights, you can pick five of your – up to five of your moves. I think you actually start with three. But it's, it could be like this is a high kick. This mm-hmm. is a punch. This is a block. And you pick the things that suit your attributes basically. Then you just go into the fight, and it's completely dice rolls from that right. point. Like, your numbers, your stats against the other fighter's stats and numbers. So you sit there, and you're literally, like, cheering as if you're a coach who basically put in the time gotcha. to say, okay, you're going to train this today. You're going to focus on this or that. And here are the moves I want you to focus on versus this other fighter. So it's like a really – I got really into it, at least, the immersion of being, like, the coach of this little fighter, of your little – guy in there nice. um and i i think it's like strategic i think it's really good and i think it gets the the actual feeling of doing martial arts and you know particularly boxing but it's it's there's a lot of kicking there's there's yeah. other stuff in this game it's, for it's sure. not mma <laughs> but it's not kickboxing it's right it's fighting they call it it's fight sports punch club yeah. <laughs> for a reason like it's very like it, it it riffs on a lot of martial arts stuff it riffs on a lot of martial arts movies like there's a lot of ra- rocky parody sure. there's actually some ninja turtles parody stuff in there right uh which is cute and fun i think it fits the sort of very bright and 80s aesthetic of it uh, it's not act- is it actually in the 80s i don't know if it's actually in the 80s but it feels like it is yeah. you know it's there's so many rocky little references to it there's a stony poster in your garage while you're training while I you're hitting it. the speed bag i get it's it. cute the thing i wanted to say about it and i will stop talking about this game because i finally beat it um is that the thing i think it hits the most hits the most oh i didn't even mean that one <laughs> See, when that happens i'm always like aha i should take credit uh, the thing that I think it, like, digs under my skin the most is is the, like, 
anxiety of martial arts, which is you're going to lose ground over time. Like, like you're always constantly fighting a battle in this, in this game. And if you do martial arts with losing any of your skills, if you get hurt, Mm -hmm. you have to take time off, you start feeling like, oh, now I'm going to start getting rusty. I'm going to start sliding. And stat decay is such a tremendous part of this game. Like you, especially once you get into like double digits with any of your stats, it starts becoming so difficult to just remember that from when I played progress because you're just constant. That's so, so before when we talked about this game, I'd mentioned that one of the things that didn't stress me out, but kind of, so what ended up happening for me leaving the game was I had my save on a PC or on a laptop, mm. and I couldn't bring it to my home PC at the oh, time. This is like when it first, first, first came yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so that may have been changed by now. It was obviously before the 3DS version. And I'd made a bunch of progress, and I didn't want to start over specifically because I remembered that there was this notion of like the timing meaning needing to be really carefully managed yes. in terms of like scheduling your fights and your training and stuff. And I couldn't remember why, and that's what it was. It was the fact that your stats just degrade over time. Yeah. Regardless, like just because you're not working them. Every single day you lose a tremendous chunk of progress, no matter in yeah, every single stat. Welcome and to it, 2017. it sucks and it's hard. And <laughs> you know? like that's realistic. Every single fucking day. I know, right? <laughs> but it's the most realistic part of the game Sidebar. for martial arts and life. Right. Sidebar <laughs> 2017 talk. Steve Bannon, $60 million. 60 mil. Wow, gold farming. <laughs> Goldman Sachs. Those are some keywords you could type, type into your, your search engine of choice today. Did anybody read this story? Yes. I know we don't have much time left, but did anybody break it down for, for our listeners in a... He invested $60 he, he invested million a lot of, of money. Goldman Sachs money into a wow gold farming scheme yep. and lost it. He lost all of it, I think. It's, it's, it's a perfect encapsulation of, of him and his ideals in life, I feel like. It's, it's a little too perfect. It's a little I want- on the nose. If I were reading this in a novel, if I was watching this in a movie, I'd be like, that's on the nose. Like, that's you a should, little You should put this in, in uh, the second book of the Suffering Trilogy. Oh, that's Something right. Like it'll be in there. It'll be, that'll be like the backdrop to that entire exchange. <laughs> yes. The Suffering Pagoda. That's the Pagoda, Pagolda Industries was the name oh, of God. the gold farming. In this podcast as soon as possible. <laughs> it's the name of the, the, the gold farming Oh, Pagolda group. Industries. Uh, I'm going to go to the question bucket. <laughs> yeah, please. Give me a, whatever gets us to the end. Give me a number. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do number 60 for each for $60 for million. million. Dollars. <laughs> Great. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to number 60 here. Let's take a look. Uh, scrolling down. I'm scrolling down. Past Oscar. Past Russell. So past Ka- Joey. Dunn in, in chat said, I guess the Electoral College does protect farmers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this comes in from Trey. Um, uh, after the re- recent political cycle, um, uh, after, and after any sort of tragedy, there seems to be an uptick around noise around events that are uh, unsubstantiated or fabrications. While a site might apologize after they report on this stuff that they may have gotten something wrong or they might delete a tweet or run a correction to a story, the misinformation is already out there and the damage is already done. Uh, it's not just the smaller voices that do this, but often media conglomerates who hire journalists to engage in this sort of activity. This is a very broad, and I obviously don't want to... You know, this is a very broad claim. I'm gotcha. not saying there's nothing there, but gotcha. this brings me to three questions. What are effective ways that we as readers can sift through the BS to find credible information? 
Uh, two, from a journalistic perspective, what can be done to change this sort of behavior on a larger scale? And three, from a reader's perspective, what should, be, what should we be doing to change this sort of behavior in media outlets? Thank you for your time, Trey. Don't get your news from Facebook memes, I think, is the number <laughs> one. Certainly step one. The number one thing you can do. And, like, completely seriously, like, tell friends and family, like, hey, some of this stuff is fake. Right. Like, that's a conversation that's worth having with... Like relatives who aren't super media, you know, aren't should, reading stuff yeah. every day. I from should note that this, that this came in before the fr- the phrase uh, "fake news" yeah, was gotcha. in the kind of common lexicon, yeah. and and well before it had been kind of re co opted by the current presidential <laughs> sure. administration. I was going to say like before the term existed and before the term was uh, promptly destroyed. Yep, <laughs> yep. yep. exactly. Correct. Um, so yeah, I, so I, I do want to say that it isn't just Facebook memes. Like that is definitely a big part of it. Uh, but yeah, there is definitely a rush to report on shootings and to report on you know anytime that there is a, a, a plane crash or a, a, a train crash or you know, anytime there's any sort of major horrific tragedy, yeah. um, it, it pays to be the first out there to to say something. Um, and for me, the best thing to do is to find outlets that don't do that and like stick stick to them and stick to those reporters who who yeah. catch themselves from doing that. I think a lot of places do well by this stuff. Yes. Um, there is there are a lot of places who do their best to vet everything, check for sources. Um, I like the New Yorker for that personally. Yeah. yeah. Patrick, what about you? As someone who reads a lot of a, a lot of news, uh, you know, it's in this current media environment, like especially you know, if you want to put in the context of. Uh, you know, I think it's been common where something quote unquote leaks out of the Trump administration yes. and then an hour later it's been amended or corrected or, or changed, uh, is give things time. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when something, uh, I think uh, on the media, which is one of my favorite, uh, podcasts, um, they do a lot of great sort of media reporting and they have this series of things that you can, if you search on, if you just search for it, um, it's like the, it's the, the, the these emergency handbook guides, which are essentially guides as a media consumer, as someone that wants to know information, like how you should feel about various parts of information. Like they break down what happens when a mass shooting occurs, like what things that outlets always get wrong because they want to report, they, they want to get, you know, they're trying to do right by their uh, readers or viewers and getting information out there, but that if you look at the aggregate data, almost always it's going to be changed by the time uh, uh, the the actual story is discovered. So uh, you know if you're if you're looking for ways as a to kind of educate yourself to like better identify those markers, like go look up the on the media like emergency handbooks. They have them for mass shootings, for natural yes. disasters, um, for a whole bunch of different things that uh, you know. Once you look at it once, you'll know the the signifiers, and you won't. You know, it's not like you're gonna have to have it up. You know, on your yeah. in, in a tab, but it's nice. It's like it's 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 useful to have someone else go through and, and let you know. These are the things that you're gonna see yes. as soon as something big breaks, and you should immediately ignore it yep. <laughs> um, because it's going to change. And you know, avoid participating in the retweet culture and things like that um, by knowing what information to avoid. So that would be sort of my sort of useful tip on how to better educate yourself, so you can like we all sort of contribute to that. Totally. You know, like the, how about this? You know, we're, when do you so, yeah. when do you personally know when you're like, all right, now I'm now I'm satisfied and ready to retweet this thing like now i believe these sources enough information has come out is there like could you identify something in that moment when you when you decide it's okay to to go ahead and forward that information it's either it's less less to do with like a moment as much as i I think i've done what a lot of what you do is like there are certain people that i just trust like there are certain certain folks that i follow on twitter because 
they are going to lean hard into my partisan feelings and are going to retweet and share a bunch of bullshit that I know up front probably isn't true but is going to make me feel great in the moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there are folks that I follow that I know have like a, a hard-coded yeah. uh, set of rules that are only going to share information or if they're going to share information, they're going to share skepticism alongside yeah. that. Yes. And so those are the people I look to when I am actually want to participate or share something is like I am putting – my trust in them because they have proven to be trustworthy in the past. Um, That doesn't mean I don't follow people that I know don't do that because I get, I get something different (laughs) out of them, but like I have to be, I watch myself and how I interact with those people and, and how they sort of perform over time. It's been, it's been so weird to see the rise of the, like the alt, the 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 alternative like uh, fact not the alternative fucking I can't use language anymore everything <laughs> fake, is fake news fake, uh, uh, but the the sort of like um, the supposed rogue national forest service people the yeah. supposed like in, yes. uh, insider accounts from people who are supposed to be rogue inside, white house rogue yeah. white house exactly where like like come on there's some that makes you feel good but it makes you feel good come, come on. on but you know like to the point where like those are accounts that won't be vetted by third party individual left leaning journalists right like these are people who like could call up someone and and verify who they were to an independent source who could then go out and say yes i verified that you are this person or that 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 person's uh knowledge is true uh, and that would help me believe a lot of that stuff a little bit more but like that's just not the purpose it's going to serve in my life unless that happens you know like uh i'm not saying that those people should go public there's a complete there's va- complete value to having someone an anonymous insider in these in these places who are reporting what's happening it's just tough to be like Okay, like I'm just not going to ever retweet that stuff because I can't I can't trust it, um, which is tough, especially yeah. given, again, how far to the left I am and would love to have all that stuff be true. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. But, you know, it's it's all, all it takes is like one of those things to end up being like a shitty alt-right troll account. Like there's yeah. there is straight up if you're in New York, heads up, there is straight up a fake uh, Antifa uh New York Twitter account mm-hmm. that just takes real Antifa Twitter account photos and recirculates them with like basically Steve Buscemi meme what's up kids like I'm in high school style like we did a good job fighting against the system today last night in God. in the Bronx and it's just like Oh, it's, it's so gross. So bad. Yeah, it's so, so gross. Yeah, just just do your research. And and here's a tiny one. Read the responses to anything you're going to retweet <laughs> before you retweet it. Just check – or really before you respond to it also helps. That way you're not just repeating information that person already has. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but like really because like one of the things that, that I'll do as soon as I see a story that's like, oh, this seems like something that my followers be interested in but also seems like it has the potential for being uh, uh, maybe like like not necessarily a lie but, but, but not having all the facts yet, being mis- you know, uh, un- under-informed – being mm-hmm. underrepresentative of, of some sort of fact is I'll read through the responses and see because someone inevitably will be like, no, that's wrong. Even if it's right, someone will say it's wrong and then we'll you link to something. You need to, to know who the person who says it's wrong, what's their – well, And what are they linking are to they to doing? prove that it's exactly. wrong? Because at a certain point, they're probably linking to some bullshit that I can also disregard. Or they're like, linking okay. to a really good story that helps present some extra um, some extra context that, that like makes the original headline less sweet. Um, and it's and sort of speaking from a reporter's perspective – uh, like I'm very careful about the stories I break and the stories that I share because I want it to be 
I want to be one of those people that when I say something that sounds unexpected yep. or I'm reporting something that is surprising, mm. that you'll believe me. Yeah. As opposed to, like, we saw a lot of this happen uh, in the run-up to the Nintendo Switch, where there became um, just uh, essentially like a, a Nintendo Switch rumor culture um, that emerged in which there were uh, a mixture of reporters, trolls, right, um, people that – Maybe we're we're getting some information that was real and some information that was bullshit, yeah. and it became really difficult to tell the, the difference in that stuff. And that like some of that are are people that are sharing information, but maybe not sharing. You know, just because you get information doesn't mean you should share it. Yep. And I, I find like I would like there's a lot more that I know that I wish I could share, but if I'm wrong two or three times, that erodes my credibility, and I'd rather keep that so that when I do say like, "Hey, there's going to be a PlayStation 4 Pro," right. people aren't like, "No, there's not." You're like, always like, wrong, Patrick. Pat, yeah, like he, he, like his is you know his hit rate is pretty high. There, there is probably something to uh, to this fire. Well, that's so. the thing that we have to evaluate all the time with this stuff, and obviously we're talking about a much lower uh, risk or, or kind of lower importance thing than national security. Yeah, important security to me. Is important to me. You know, I mean, like as like yeah. like it's 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 important to us and the thing we love, even yes. if it is not necessarily going to impact. You know, but the we economic. still, but we still, <laughs> right. we still bring care to it. Is kind of where I was going with right. that. Where like it would be super, it would have been super easy for both of us to immediately go out last year and be like, oh yeah, PS4 Pro, here's what's in it, blah 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 blah, and like based on like a document we may have had or, or whatever. And it was important to not just have that document, but then to like test that document by talking to other people who might not even have the document yet. Like so, when I got the PS4 Pro like schema document, I had to I had to talk to developers. Uh, and, and some other sources who I knew would know if what was in that document was true, which is like a completely different thing than just like, oh, yeah, someone gave me a PDF. Here's right. that PDF. Right. Um, and that can be tough uh, because it's it's so tempting to just be like – it's so tempting to like have the spotlight for a hot second because you <laughs> no, dropped some stuff. fucking fun. Like it the feels idea, fun like, as hell when you like drop a The biggest stories over my career like the, the Infinity War, the right. Xbox DRM and the PlayStation 4 Pro stuff like – it is cool as hell to know the entire internet or the internet that we're sort of talking about is discussing a thing that yep. you said. Like, that is cool as hell. And so that's why you actually, you know, that's why I have such deep res- respect for reporters who are so uh, diligent and careful about right. that because, like, the feeling you get when that happens is. I mean, it's unlike really anything else. And so the temptation to go back to that bucket is really yep. tempting because it's a cool feeling. <laughs> then, yeah. The thing, the thing, so for me, like, that's true not only for reported work, but also for critical work. Like, whenever yes. I, I have in my past written a thing that, like, blows up, like, that feeling of, like, wow, like, I said a thing that holds up to scrutiny is really great. But also, the lesson I learned very quickly was not to chase that feeling separate from. Not to chase the feeling of attention separate from the feeling of engagement. Like I wanted right. people to to actually read the stuff I was saying and and like dig into it and not just Austin said a game was racist or Austin right. said a game right. was bad. And it can be tough to make sure you're focused on the right part because it's way harder to say something like critical and complex than it is to like do take a hot do a hot take to do a hot yeah. take. Yep. So yep. you have to if you're going to go after glory, you have to have the guts behind it. To put it in punch club terms. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle. You know? I got gotcha. you. Know, Guts feel, and glory. 
Right there. No guts, no glory. That's right. That's, that's how it I've works. Heard. That's also a mech warrior thing, so I'll Is take it. it. <laughs> oh, good. See, it works for all it of us. It works for all of us. We just need something <laughs> for Patrick, and then we'll be good. We just need a good phrase for Patrick. Uh, sort of, you, I, you can earn glory points in Neo, so that works. See, all right, well, there you go. By getting, all of us. Right, by gutting other people. If you gut yes. people, you get glory. Got that's it. That's right. This has been Waypoint Radio, episode 38. Yes, you're I think, right. Something it is like 38. That. It if is 38. you want your question to be in the question bucket next week, what you should do is write into gaming at vice.com. Use the subject question. That's where you can send the questions for us. Uh, and we'll, we'll check that out next week. Patrick, where can people find you on the internet? Find, you can find me and my son in Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> Donald. Saving the world. Donald. You can read about He's very weak. He's a very weak boy. <laughs> He's a very weak boy. He'll be strong soon. He'll get there. He's strong in he'll his heart, Patrick. Heart is he is, yeah. He's heart strong. He, he, he knows how strong he was in Fire Emblem Awakening, and he can, he can, he can get that strong that's, again. I really hope that's true for heroes. I'm sure someone has already leveled him up to, to level 5 to see what those oh my God, stat yeah. gains are like, but I really hope that it's the same thing, because in, in I don't know if you played Awakening or not, Danielle. It's just a touch. Uh, but Donald comes in like way underpowered, mm. but he has like a stat growth, kind of a progression. You ha- yeah, you. I mean, like in order to get... Uh, Donald to the point where he is a walking, talking murder machine. <laughs> you have to spend like hours of the game, like, co- like corralling him around other uh, units because if he gets hit, he's going to die. And you have to use your other units to get them down to like two HP so that he could him and his dinky little stick <laughs> can whack him. But it's worth it, Patrick. You're gonna have to fucking hold me back because that person on Twitter who was like, "Only casuals love Donald." Fuck you! Fuck off! Mm-mm. Like that is the mm. casual, casual loving, hardworking fathers that's love right. Donald. <laughs> that's right. It's it's the most like dismissive. Uh, that's like saying like only casuals love the eggplant run in Spelunky. <laughs> that's like saying like only casuals love like Bernie Kosar, the fucking Cleveland Browns quarterback from the late nineties. Like there you go. Deep you don't. Ah. <sighs> Uh, he's Magikarp. That's what Faux Ben is saying. He's Magikarp. Basically like Magikarp. Right. Only casuals like Magikarp. Fuck off. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> Danielle, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me defending Magikarp at Danielle <laughs> R.I. on Twitter. <laughs> find me at Austin underscore Walker where I'm fucking taking on all haters. <laughs> Come get it. <laughs> On Twitter. Come join our ca- come join our casual I, group. I meant to ju- we love cat Waypoint loves casuals. That's right. I, I wanted to make sure casual I got Bernie Kosar's name right, which I did, but so I went to the internet to Google to type in Bernie Kosar and instead I typed in Austin underscore Walker because <laughs> I was <laughs> thinking it. Find me at Austin underscore Walker on Twitter. You can find Waypoint on Twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint on Facebook at Waypoint Vice at youtube.com slash waypoint vice. You can find a video there of Patrick playing Neo. You can find a video yeah. there of me and Joel playing uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Wild Sometime Lands. in the next few days, you'll see a video of me playing a bunch of other stuff. Because last night, I did a stream right here on twitch.tv slash waypoint of the following games Phantom Dust. Good. Good game. Crackdown. Excellent. Good game. Outrun Live Arcade, which is no longer available that. and yeah. is so good. You can find an yeah. archive of that on twitch.tv slash waypoint. I'll get those up on our YouTube sometime in the future. Awesome. They're awesome. uploading to a They'll drive. Be there. They'll be there. And then I'll hand those off to a producer who will hand those off to a producer. Who will put it on YouTube. Who will then link us to a link and then we'll make a blip on the website That's that right. we run, waypoint.com. Just go waypoint. to waypoint.vice.com. Dot waypoint.vice.com. Waypoint.vice.com. Waypoint.zone. Uh, New.donk.city. 
Uh, what else? What else? DigitalPyramids.com. Someone did I – so I revealed these last night on the stream. There's a new one. That's right. There's more than a new one. There are new ones. Oh, my. That are – they're very personal There's to me. Creamy Roll. Because my name – there is Creamy <laughs> You know Crunchyroll? You've heard of Crunchyroll.com? <laughs> you can go to CreamyRoll.com. I don't want to go to CreamyRoll.com. You can go to CreamyRoll.com. No. You could go to uh, AustinWalkerGames.game slash Games. <laughs> or to Vice.Waypoint.AustinWalkerGames.game slash com. Good. That'll take you to waypoint.vice.com. You could go to facebook.austinwalkergames.games, which will take you to my Facebook page. You could also go to austinwalkergames.game slash live journal, which will take you to my old Tumblr blog. <laughs> I'm really I, proud. We have a very strange fan base, Patrick. Strange and wonderful. Loving. Truly loving. You can also go to austinwalkergames.game slash myspace to go to my Facebook page. Also, shout outs to Bowen for letting us <laughs> use his song, Miss You, off of his EP, Pale Machine. You can find out more info about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Thank you, everybody. We will see you on Monday. I want your weekend to be good. I want your weekend to be productive or relaxing or both. You find that medium and you take it. That's in glory. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.